Welcome to Estrepreneur, a podcast for entrepreneurs doing business and life God's way. Each week, we discuss biblical and practical tips to improve your mind, business, spirit, and finances. Listen along as I speak with special guests on how to thrive in all aspects of life. Hi, I'm Edna, a certified John Maxwell executive coach and trainer and founder of Favor and Wealth, where we help the good guys win. So tune in as we bring on the light. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Estrepreneur Podcast, where I highlight men and women of God who are um, doing the will of the Father, loving people, loving Him, and has a proven track record in business. Today is no exception. Our guest, Melanie Bush, I've actually, before I go into what she does, I'll kind of uh, give you guys a little history on how I met her. Um, a friend of mine, we were um, actually um, at a food food festival. I think that's a, what was it called in the woodlands? It was, I think it was like a food the crawfish taste. festival, wasn't it? It was like a taste. No, it was a taste of something. Oh, taste of the town or something, something like, like that. that. Okay. Yeah. Something like that. And so we had a lot of, because um, at that time I was a president for the National Association for Professional Women in the Woodlands area. And so we went to the different vendors and we met um, your team member, one of them, and we were talking and I kind of found out that you know, she was a believer, just just conversation. And I was like, hey, and then I was kind of talking about, we're just sharing testimony. She's like, okay, you need to meet our owner. Anyway, bottom line is I remember Melanie, we met at a Starbucks a while back. And I remember you told me, I really didn't want to meet you. But then the Holy Spirit told me, like that it's not always a good thing but. I no I love it I love it and I was like wow then I was like no but it was so it, it was so refreshing because I'm like it's hard for me to find women you know successful women who are okay about being not okay but being vocal about their walk with the Lord and just how God leads them and I heard her testimony um you know just about her business and you know how she started from a young age and God just has blessed her and, and I remember the conversation that you told me about you and your husband how you go to these events and um and then you would ask questions that they're like did they just really ask that question to me? I think it's like, what are you most proud of? I think that was the question. What are you most proud of? With so, with your children, yeah. What are you what are you what are you most proud of with your children? Yeah. And, so the conversation was just so refreshing. It wasn't a typical meet and greet, you know, business meeting that we was at, we got to share in our stories and our testimony. So anyway, I you know, this woman of God that was and, a long time ago now. Yes, it was. <laughs> it has but you know what it's just amazing you know it's like attracts like and I know that you have a heart for the Lord and you have a heart for people and you've just I've seen you in your journey and just the things that you're doing out of the community so I without further ado I'm going to go ahead and introduce you Melanie. Hey, tell us a little bit about yourself what you do tell us a little bit about your family and kind of some of the things you're involved in now so uh, I am Melanie Bush and I own Better Bookkeepers. That's the business that Edna was talking about. And uh, officially it is our 10th year, our 10th wow. anniversary in July. So very, very proud of that accomplishment. Um, I incorporated the business 10 years ago. Um, but obviously when I started at a young age, that wasn't 10 years ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell by the uh, lines on my face. Um, 
So no, I, I've had a bookkeeping business since my junior year of college. I actually started it and uh, continued to grow it and then was a solo practitioner up until 10 years ago and then in 2010 incorporated and, and made it into a business. And then my amazing husband, uh, Alan, is an attorney, uh, formerly employment law practice and currently uh, does property tax. And so he um, just amazed me in that he was developing connections in the community. And as he developed connections, they really benefited uh, me and my business. And so we also uh, moved here to the Woodlands. It's been 14 years, which just blows my mind and uh, have had just an incredible time. Uh, we now live right outside the Woodlands, technically in the Conroe area and have a 15 year old and a 12 year old, which uh, before we got started with the podcast and and I were discussing kids and you know, what it's like being a mom and trying to run a business and do everything. And you're, you're constantly feeling like you're not um, always being successful in every area. And I was, I was telling her, give yourself grace. Uh, and that was you know, so really encouraging to me. <laughs> grace, grace is a key. And so that's, that's one of the things that I actually learned in growing the business even more is give yourself grace. Um, you're not going to be able to do everything every time and everything that everyone wants of you or expects of you. Yes. And so give yourself that grace. It makes a big difference. Yes. Well, you know, you know, Melanie is um, definitely um, very inspiring to me just because of the things that she's accomplished in such a little time. I mean, 10 years sounds like a lot, but it's not that, you know, it's, it's a short amount it's, of time, yeah. you know, and um, I know you have, um, I know at least for the women that I've interacted with, they all know you, you know, in the women's area and, you know, obviously God's favor, God's hand is upon you, you know, and and I definitely see, you know, but I know it hasn't been easy. You know, life hasn't been easy for you. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and, and part of part of that is, you know, you say God's hand, but it is God's hand, but you have to seek him or else you're not going to have his hand on you. And if you're not seeking and walking with him intentionally, right. it's not going to work. And so, um, you know, 10 years ago, to choosing to step out in faith, I want to kind of lay the landscape. My husband had just started his own business. I had been doing solo practice and had, you know, a good clientele, but it was one of those points where you reach where God says, you either need to expand your business or you need to, you know, just stick with what you've got. And hmm. it was that step of faith of, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to expand. Yes. And so I incorporated and took on staff and started doing all that. And it's just been incredible. But that all starts with that faith. And it Good. starts with your previous journeys. Yeah. Um, you know, when God really calls you previous, it makes a huge difference. And so I knew God called me to love on people. I knew he called me to build a business that doesn't, you know, mean it's easy and it's always pleasant there's gonna be challenges mm -hmm. um, i took on partners in 2012 and uh today i have the three that we took on in in 12 only one remains mm -hmm. and that was definitely a growing and learning experience for me even you know deciding to have partners when you've been used to making all the decisions yourself Hi. and then not having two of those partners several a couple years later 
and still having the one. And, and I'm very grateful for the one that I have. He and I are very much a good match, yeah. but he is another man of faith. And so it makes a big difference when you're walking that journey and you both are coming from the same place. Absolutely. That's so good. And I think that's so important too, is having that same foundation um, because it, outside of business, you know, you're still yourself, you know, and so it's better, it's not better, but it's easier, not even easier, but I think like attracts like iron sharpens iron, right? So if you are working with individuals with the same faith, the same foundation, same family values, same core values, it makes a huge difference because you guys are on the same page. And I will say it's easier. The challenges aren't easier, but working okay, through them and working together okay. on it easier because you are like-minded and therefore you can work together to see through the hard times. And and that's you know accurate when you have something like this, like what we've been dealing with for these last six months. Sure. He and I never hesitated in our plan, and I'm no longer actively running the business. Um, I have you know, stepped out and am now Montgomery County treasurer in an elected position, but yeah. I still own the business and still, you know, have monthly meetings with my president. But when all this came down, those decisions, those aren't her decisions to make. She looks to us as owners. Hey, I think this, but what do y'all want me to do? I... And how do we best protect our staff and protect our clients and do yeah. things the right way? And so that's been key in my mind that we're constantly focused that way. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's, I think that's a great approach. Absolutely. You know, to be able to um, make wise decisions also for your, for your employees and for your team. And you take, and I see that you take really um, big risk huge responsibility for your choices that you make because obviously your decisions affect not just you but affect your employees and their families and things like yes. that so tell us a little bit about you know your walk with the lord how did you come to know um jesus as your lord and savior um so i wasn't raised in in faith by any means i actually uh, had a wonderful friend in sixth grade who was a, a pk so a pastor's kid yes. uh -huh. the, the nomenclature and uh, she she really just kind of loved on me but what was instrumental in that was i also had a seventh grade algebra teacher who um was just an amazing woman and you could tell she was a woman of faith even though she didn't point blank share it yeah um, just in how she walked and so during that time uh, we were actually living in North Carolina my mom had gotten remarried right before I turned uh, got into fourth grade and we moved out of Texas mm -hmm. my only home I'd ever been in and uh, moved to North Carolina and it was an incredible growing period and the Lord just really captured me and uh, gave my life to him and uh, decided to be you know baptized and saved and and then we ended up moving back to Texas. And literally the day we moved back that weekend was the weekend I was going to be baptized in my church in North Carolina. And wow. so we moved back and, and we moved actually into the house that my mom and I had owned prior to uh, her getting married. She had rented it out for those five years and uh, found a church in uh, Garland, uh, Texas, where we lived and just... Uh, started going to church, found some friends, and got involved, and uh, got baptized then when I was 16, instead of, you know, when I had been supposed to, right. and uh, just took a little bit longer, 
but I will say, while that was an incredible experience, the Lord really worked through some hard times. Uh, my senior year of high school, my, my aunt passed away of AFib and of a stroke mm -hmm. caused by that. And it was uh, the day we buried her was two days before my high school graduation. Oh. And prior to that, she had lingered in a coma for three months and it shook me. Um, it rocked my faith in ways that so many things have never rocked my faith. And, uh, you know, at 18, I really realized I, I didn't, didn't really fully know and understand what I, what I believed. Yeah. Uh, I spent two years after, uh, Wanda's death hearing God say, go right. And I went left. Um, I intentionally walked away from where I knew the Lord was telling me to go and, uh, Two years of time frame of that, he still was gracious and protected me in many situations I put myself Amen in. To that. Yeah. And uh, I'm so, I'm still so grateful. But when uh, he drew me back to him in 2000, um, it was just an amazing uh, time. And I, I have said for many years that he intentionally had me walk through those two years so that my faith would be stronger and I would understand why I truly believe what I believe yeah. and it has carried me through. Um, you know, the last three years have been a, a time of faith in our lives. Uh, my husband is now 42 years old mm -hmm. and three and a half years ago was diagnosed with colon cancer, mm -hmm. uh, went through chemo and was doing good. And then in his one year checkup, we found um, metastatic tumors and a reoccurrence and we're told if he didn't get this specific treatment um, that his chances of living were in the next five years of being here were seven percent wow. and you know, we're at the time uh, he's 40 I'm 38 and we had a 13 and a 10 year old and you're sitting here telling me that my husband may not be here mm. uh, you know at my oldest not even my youngest my oldest high school graduation just totally, you know, could rock your faith. And instead, God, I knew God was gracious. I knew God was going to take care of us. And that, that didn't mean, and I want to emphasize this to everybody, that didn't mean it was going to be easy. It didn't mean that my husband was going to be saved uh, and that he would still be here uh, today. It didn't, it didn't mean any of that. It just meant that he would carry us through. And it's, it's something that I, I truly believe the two years that I spent truly wandering and not obeying him, he, he brought me through that time in order to give me the strength to go through the last three years. That's so good. It's definitely like a preparation, right? To prepare you for what yeah. you're going to face. And sometimes we don't get it. We think our journey back then was like harder. And then all of a sudden, you know, something huge, like with me, I went through scams, you know, bankruptcy, all the things that I never thought I would ever have to go through, you know, and it was just like, what in the world? Like, but then for some reason, God has given you the grace and preparation for, for whatever trial you're facing. And that's how gracious God is. And he, you know, and Melanie, you know this, the Bible doesn't promise our life to be all peaches and flowers and butterflies and no, he says there will be trouble, there will be persecution, there will be trials. And I think that's why a lot of believers kind of walk away from God. It's because they're thinking that now they've made him number one priority, then, you know, then 
then my life is going to be easy, but that's not the case at all, you know. And no, I, I, I call my faith prior to those two-year periods, I was a happy, happy, joy, joy Christian. You know, I, was, I was always, and, 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 God. and seriously, I mean, I had friends that, that were my, my believing friends, my Christian friends in high school, and they said, you know, you weren't your normal happy, happy, joy, joy self, and we didn't know what to do. We didn't know how to respond. I had one friend that was a believer that stuck with me through all that. And honestly, my closest friends during that two-year time frame and, and during that section that stuck with me were my non-believing friends. So it was my one Christian friend that stuck, you know, stuck it out and still was my friend. And and even though she didn't know what to say and she didn't know how to, you know, address what I was dealing with, she still was there. Yeah. And so through her that God drew me back, she uh, came home from A&M for the summer and her boyfriend invited her to this Bible study at his church. And she's like, I don't want to go alone. I don't know any of them. I don't want to go alone. And I'm like, I don't want to go to a Bible study. You know? <laughs> like, so anti, but fine. I'll go for you. I'll go. I'll be there because you're my friend and I, I don't want you to go alone. Fine. And it was, it was how God drew me back to him. And it was such a blessing. Mm -hmm. um, so grateful for it. So, you know, that's, I, I, my story isn't just how I got saved. My story really is how I, I walked away I and still drew me back. Just like he goes after the one sheep, he still drew me back. I love that. And to me, that's a more powerful testimony that at least when I say this, because I think a lot of times we hear about people receiving Jesus, but that's just a part of your journey. It's a, every day you have to make a conscious decision to be follow the world or leave our path behind or follow the cross. And following Jesus's way, the narrow path isn't easy. It's very challenging <laughs> even if you haven't had a challenging past even if you weren't that drug user that yes. had the transformation and and i'm sorry but that's you know those are the stories you hear you hear those testimonies of those those really hard stories and their testimonies are powerful and meaningful but i i, I emphasize this because I, I talk to my girls i mean obviously my children are being raised in the church sure. and, and are involved in their faith at a young age and I want them to understand that even though they don't have that hard transformation story and, and literally, you know, going this way to flipping and now they're this way, they don't have that story. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean they don't still have a testimony yes, that God you. has done in their life yes. and what he has brought them through. Yes. And so that's where you really know Jesus. Yes, you become a believer when you accept faith. And how you really come to know Jesus is through life and yeah. doing life with him and walking through. Yeah. Every day. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's important because sometimes we feel like, and I, I know at one point, because, you know, I grew up in, in, you know, in a Christian home as well. I'm like, I don't really have a testimony. You know, in my mind, that's what, you know, the yeah. end of the thing, you don't have a testimony, but in reality, you have a testimony, you know, through yeah. all the experiences, the challenges you overcame, the things that, you know, the things you didn't have to turn away from God completely or be away from God completely, right. you know, um, but, you know, I love that. And I'm pretty sure those who are listening can relate. And I hope that encourages you guys for those of you guys who haven't had, like what she said, like 
the uh, information the, story. <laughs> yes, you know, that you still have a testimony because there's probably a lot of people that can relate to your story. So don't yeah. be, you know, shy about your testimony because that's no. how we overcome the enemy. It's through our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. So, okay, so talk to us a little bit about your why. Why do you do what you do? Um, so I, this goes with one of the other things that you have later on, but I, I'm going to say it now because I think they really are two in one because my yeah. why, my personal mantra and, yeah. and what we always, you know, what, what you talk about is, is crucial. And those, those really are two connected. My life verse is Esther 414 mm. and for such a time as this. Yeah. And and I want to emphasize that verse in particular, because, you know, you, you look at the story of Esther and Mordecai and what she was going through. And yes, you can go, oh, well, she's queen and all that. Every phase in my life I look at is for such a time as this, whether it is easy, whether it's hard, whatever it is that we're going through, God has us going through that at that moment intentionally. Mm. And so it really is looking at every phase with that intentionality. So talking about intentionality, that leads you to John Maxwell because of, you know, his, his focus on yeah. intentionality. Yeah. And that is, that is what I focus on. So my why is making sure that I am living this time that God has put in my life right at this moment to the fullest that he wants me to live. I love that. So the key is not about what I want to do, but how are you leading me today, Lord? And and that varies day after day. I mean, we all know our lives can get on off yeah. track at the moment, yeah. and you can go into your day thinking you have a to-do list this long, <laughs> and at the end of the day, you've gotten none of it. <laughs> um, and but did you do what God told you to do that day, or did you sit on the couch and binge watch some stupid TV show? Uh, <laughs> and, and some days God tells you to do that because you just need the rest of the <laughs> week. But but in general, that's that's my why. Am I doing this because God's telling me to do it now? I love that. And then always remembering, if you don't know exactly what he's telling you to do right now, what was the last thing he told you to do? And yeah. continuing to do that until he tells you to do something else. Yeah, so good. So good. Those are some really great insights because we get so bombarded with so many things that kind of scream, you know, like, it's like the boy that cries wolf, that this is an emergency. This is an emergency. You need to do this. You need to do that. Yes really asking the Lord for wisdom and direction. Okay, God, what do you want me to focus on? What's on your heart? And sometimes you're right. It's never, a lot of times it's not even on the list that I created sometimes. <laughs> but it's like, actually, no, this is what I want you to do. I'm like, I don't even, I don't know anything about that. It's like, exactly. That's what I want you to do. Well, <laughs> and, and I, I can speak to that with regards to running for office. I mean, for yes. the don't know about you know this history in my life um for six years now i've been a public official in some form or fashion mm -hmm. so in 2010 i started my business and it it grew gangbusters from 2010 to 2012 it was pretty rapid growth then i you know took on the partners and it bloomed even more it was absolutely incredible how quickly it grew mm -hmm. um we were hiring at least one person a quarter we are an independent bookkeeping business Love we it you know, specifically tailored the books to the client and to their needs. And it just grew like nobody's business. 
And then in 14, and well, step back. In 2012, I really, really wanted to run for uh, our local school board and really, really, really wanted to do it and went to my husband. He's like, it is not the time. <laughs> and he's like, really, honey? I mean, we have a four-year-old. Your business is taking off like nobody's business. It's not the time. It's not the time. And I'm like, okay, well, keep praying about it. You know, keep praying about it. And uh, <laughs> of course, he ended up saying no. And I went, fine. Um, I'll, I'll deal. I'll, I'll accept <laughs> Uh, I don't like it. I don't agree with you, but I love you. And I know that you're the head of our house and God, God placed you in this position. I need to trust that. And so then here comes 2014 and, you know, I now have a six-year-old. So she's in school full time. She's older, you know, and uh, two seats were coming open on the board. And I, I went to Alan again and I went, really would like to run for school board. And he went, yeah we're good now. You can run now. Um, and, and, and it was, you know, prayerful. It wasn't really just immediate, but I mean, we prayed about it and, and ran for school board. And so talk about a step of faith, you know, yes, I've sold bookkeeping services and my business and all that. Well, you run for public office, the dude, it's a whole new level for of faith. And, uh, wow. and then in, you know, I loved it. I, I love our local school district. I loved being on the board. And then uh, in 2017 uh, was when my husband got diagnosed with cancer. And I had a ton of people right before he got diagnosed asking me to run for a, a local county office. And, you know, I, I quickly was like, no, um, <laughs> I have my business. I love what I'm doing. I love the school district. I love being on the school board. No, have no desire. Then he got cancer and it went from no to honestly, the answer was hell no. Um, because <laughs> my focus was purely on my husband and on dealing with cancer. And, and all throughout his chemo, I continued to be um, approached by very influential, very, very well meaning, very people that you don't say no to. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, you know, this is not, you know, this is not this time. And the whole time, Alan, you know, I would tell him, oh, well, so-and-so asked me about running for this office again. And he's like, tell me why. Tell me why you're called to that. And I said, I can't tell you I'm called to that. I, I don't want to do it. It's a full-time position. I would not be running my business anymore. The, the, you know, I, I don't want to do it. And uh, I can't tell you why I'm called to that at all. And he's like, well, until you can tell me why you're called to it, you know, no, no. God's called you to school board. No. And we're sitting on the couch his last weekend of chemo and he was, he was on chemo for Friday to Sunday and uh, we're sitting there and he looks over at me. It's Memorial weekend. He goes, I, I really think you need to consider it. Wow. And I went, Who are you? What did you do with my husband? I don't has, chemo, think. has chemo altered your brain that much? I mean, what happened? Wow. And, and from there, we, we talked about it and really thought about it and really prayed about it. And uh, two months later, I announced that I was running for that office. And, and my, my condition, I mean, talked to my pastor at length about it. And I, I went to him and I'm like, you know, what if it, what if his cancer comes back? What if this, what if that, you know? And I mean, he, he asked, he asked me really hard questions as well. And, and the response was, Alan, you know, we really felt like I needed to do this. And and so, but I was torn as a wife, as a mom. I mean, you're, you're looking at, at that point, I had a 17, I had a nine-year-old and I had a 12-year-old, you know, 
running for a countywide public office that I knew was going to be a difficult fight. Mm -hmm. I was running against an incumbent. I mean, it was all the perfect storm of you don't do that. Um, <laughs> and God just really laid it on our heart. But as we had said in the school board race, we know God called me to run. That doesn't mean he called me to win, but he called me to run. And so, um, the deal I made with Alan was if his cancer came back anytime before the primary, I was out. Mm -hmm. Even if filing had already taken place, you know, basically I'm done. I'm out. And uh, God, God knew the deal that I had made. And God said, ha ha ha. Uh, because a month later after the primary, my husband's cancer came back. Oh. And so it had been there. It had been there probably two, three months. Mm -hmm. uh, but we didn't know. And so it was literally uh, the very next month after I had won the primary that God revealed to us his cancer. Uh, wow. And I really, I, I said, what do I do now? You know, I've, I've won the primary. I still technically have the general election to run. Yeah. And I said, oh, no, no. The deal was if it came back before the primary, you're not dropping out now. I'm like, I don't want to drop out now. I just, I'm conflicted because, you know, we're looking at what they were telling us is that in five years, you might not be here. And I still won this race. And he's like, God, God waited to show us this because you needed to be in this position. Wow. 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 So, I'm so again, that's a part of the journey. That's the testimony. Look, look at this testimony. I mean, just just hearing this, I mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, just having such a supportive husband. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that, okay? Because how has that made a huge difference in your business and your life, just in your running yeah. office? Like, your amazing husband, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, you're going to get me tearing now. Um, <laughs> no, no, but I. I, incredible. I and, and I still don't know what I did to deserve. Oh, an incredible man like that but you know we both and and I will say this as a testimony all day long and if there are any younger women on this please hear me um I came from a broken home my parents were divorced I did not grow up in in a marriage that modeled how to have a Christian marriage please please hear me I did not um, that friend that I talked about that didn't give up on me and the boyfriend that invited her to Bible study after I did that, his mom kind of took me under, uh, her wing mm -hmm. and did weekly Bible study with me and just really spoke into what the attributes of God are and how to do that. And, um, when I found Alan, I, I literally, and I say I found Alan, when, when God brought Alan to me, um, I had been in, you know, a couple of bad relationships and I, I literally had said, God, I'm done. I'm not dating again until you bring the one I'm supposed to marry and you put a bright neon sign above his head, pointing with an arrow saying, this is the one. And God laughed and two weeks later introduced me to Alan. And I met him and I went, God, you're tempting me. You're, 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 you're giving me this to see if I'm, I'm going to hold true to, I'm not going to date again oh, until, oh my God. and you know, he's, he was not a walking believer when we met and, and let me be clear on that. He wasn't, he also grew up in a, a divorced home. Yeah. He, 
hadn't had a good strong role model of what it looked like yeah. but he was and we both got involved in our college bible study we did what we now deem non-dating uh <laughs> or two months we uh we went to bible study every friday night with our whole big group and then on saturday night we went on non-dates uh because we weren't dating contrary to what he says now um <laughs> but we went out alone and after about two months uh, you know I, I said, okay, I know that, you know, you're ready for me to date him, but I'm not saying anything until you have him because the man of the house is supposed to leave. And I want a man of God that's going to leave my house. And he, uh, he prompted Alan shortly thereafter to say, okay, I think we're ready to start dating. Um, my college Bible college pastor at the time when early on, when we were non-dating and doing all this, I asked him, I'm like, what do I do? You know, this guy, you know, seems to really be interested, but I don't want to date again until it's the one He said, well, if he's only interested in you and you don't give him what he wants, he will either stop coming or he will start coming for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And right. he did. Um, this man has become probably the most faithful uh, man I've ever witnessed in my life, his devotion to the word, to leading our family. But it was because we came at the relationship the right way from the beginning. Yes. Yes. And I want to emphasize that because I, I, it was crucially important to me to have a relationship being from a divorced family and, and having had that experience, I wanted a man of God. I wanted a family that was centered on Christ when I came yes. back to him and he gave me that. Has it been easy? No. Has it, you know, we, we fight? Yes. But we fight the way we should fight. And that also took time. Yeah. Unlearn some of the things you've learned in life that are not the way to do things and you have to unlearn them together. And uh, I will say women don't lose heart. In time, God will bring you who you're supposed to be with. Okay. Sometimes he's got to work on us. Other times, look, let's be serious. They're guys. He's got to work on them. And they take a little longer sometimes. Yeah. And that's okay. Because yeah. it's worth it. This man is raising two incredible daughters. And he's showing them what they need to look for in okay. a spouse. And how to date, you know, and and. I love that I can look at my daughters and say, hey, if you do things the way God says in his word to seek a relationship, he will reward that. Yes, yes. I love that, Melanie, because there's, I know there's a lot of, and in me, actually, for those of you guys who don't know, and I know a lot of my testimonies out there, I went through a divorce, you know, with an abusive marriage and you know, I was like, I'm done with men. I'm like, I'm done with, not, not that I want to be with men. <laughs> you know? I was like, I'm done. I was like, God, it's just you and I, I don't need to be with anybody. And, you know, and I, he started showing me, you know, I had to go through healing. I had to go through, I had to do all these things. And, and I started realizing that a lot of the things that contributed to that was because of my own decisions, my personal choices that he already gave me warnings and the Lord just revealed to me like what a godly man is supposed to look. Now, mind you, I had a good father, you know, a, you know, a father that was there. But here's the deal, though. 
you know, he was traveling a lot. He loves my mom, you know, obviously he's there for my mom, but he was traveling a lot. So he didn't really take me out on dates. So for you men, you know, if you guys have daughters, take them out. daughters. Do you agree, <laughs> Melody? You know, yes. I told my husband, you're like, you know, provision is good. That's great. You could buy them all these nice things, but show to them how they're supposed to be treated, you know, yes. and, and all this stuff. But anyway, God, you know, I, I was prayerful. And from the very get-go, and I, this is what I was going to get to, is me and my husband now, we set that standards. Like, we're going to do this God's way, the right yep. way. And, yep. and God has blessed our marriage. And now we have a beautiful one-year-old girl. So, yep. so Melanie, so tell us about, you know, if you could give one tip to uh, one tip to struggling entrepreneurs right now, what would that be? Um, what would that be? Pray about it all. Everything you're struggling with, pray. And I know that sounds cliche, but hear me out. He really will reveal to you in time and it's not going to be your timing. It never is. But especially as a startup business, as a struggling business, it, it, it's his time and he will show you what to do if you earnestly seek him, but don't step out. And in my best advice, don't step out and do something that you don't know is what he wants you to do. Yeah. The times I've made mistakes in business is when I didn't truly listen or pray or stop and wait on God to tell me. I just went for it. So good. And that's key. It's patience also for the answer because a lot of us, especially those, you know, I'm a go-getter. I'm like, let's just get it done. Let's just, you know, come on, let's keep this going. You know, waiting on his perfect timing and his instructions makes a huge We don't feel like it's perfect timing, right? Because we're sitting there waiting. <laughs> like, come on, God, I'm ready to move. I'm ready to go. I mean, I I know you and I both are that way. And in learning that patience, if that's if that's anything I can emphasize to business owner, it is patience. Yeah. It takes time. Yeah. Um, but on that flip side, you know it takes time. Plan accordingly. Yeah. Don't don't go into something that you don't have the capital to wait yeah. on it to come to fruition. Yeah. So you know, one of the keys when I started my business is it was just me. Well, that was easy. Well, when you start taking on staff, it's a whole different ball game, right? Mm -hmm. There were many months that I was paying them, but I wasn't getting paid mm -hmm. because you're growing and your business is growing and growing. Yeah. And so you don't have the necessarily the capital to pay yourself. Mm -hmm. So the key there was that you had the personal capital to mm -hmm. go without. And so really look at that and, and, you know, be patient. Yeah. So, um, as a bookkeeper, I'll tell you one of the key th mistakes I see in businesses, the uh, owners and the, the people running things are too quick to take money out of the business mm. instead of leaving money in the business. And so they, they start drawing a salary because they, because they can't a lot of times go without a salary. Mm. And when you're drawing that salary so frequently, you're depleting your, your capital. Mm. And then when crunch time comes, you don't have anything left. Hmm. That's so good. Plan ahead for those storms because there will be storms and, and you definitely have to use wisdom. Um, you know, so 
so we have just a few minutes here. So can you tell us one thing that you did that changed the growth trajectory of your business? Like when you did this, or maybe, I don't know, this catapulted your business, what would that be? So there's been two things and I will say, uh, you know, the part the there were two, two key things. One that just changed the total tra trajectory of my business was when I took on the partners. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, partnered with a contract CFO and two CPAs that were in practice together. And that just grew my business like gang investors because they had obvious, you know, a set client base that already needed me. And so it was a really easy fit, right? Yeah. But in time, and I will say this, it ended up actually cutting off our nose to spite our face to a degree because then a lot of other CPAs didn't want to partner with us because we weren't viewed as independent, even though the CPA partners had no access to client files, had no, you know, had no access to anything. They yeah. were just partners. The perception yeah. was that they had access to it. And so we had a lot of CPAs that wouldn't do business with us and wouldn't send clients our way. And so the second thing that was the, tra the trajectory shift was when those partners, the CPA partners left. Mm. And when they left, then it shifted in a whole nother direction because we had a whole lot more CPAs we could do business with and get uh -huh. referrals from. So those are the two, I would say, key business things mm -hmm. that took us from one place and shifted us. And then we kind of got to a place where we were nice and steady and then it shifted us again and made a big difference. Wow. Wow. No, that's, that's awesome. Like just, just to see the different, and I know that every, it never changes, right? So he's a progressive God. So there's always going to be another shift. So a lot of times you're so stuck in your old, you know, your, your previous successes is like, okay, come on, let's create new history, right? Instead of just thinking about your history. Um, so I love it. You definitely picking the right people. And, um, and that's the key. You got to pick the right people. Yeah. If you're gonna, if you're not going to be in business by yourself and you're going to have staff or you're going to have partners. Yes. I, you know how they say it, don't be unequally yoked in marriage? It's the same thing Agreed. in business. If okay. you have partners, you need to be equally yoked. Yeah. You cannot be unequally yoked. It did not work. Um, and then with regards to staff, like-minded. Um, yeah. not, that, not that that's a question as you're interviewing people. Please don't mishear me. That, that's illegal. That's wrong. <laughs> um, but... You, you need to make sure that it's someone that you can get along with, that yeah. it's someone that, that has the same philosophies yeah. on life. And you can find that out by asking those questions of how they deal with difficult situations. Yeah. Um, and it's just crucial. You want to be looking, and, and this is a phrase I've said for many years, you want to hire for your weaknesses. Yes. Absolutely. You don't want to hire people that are exactly like you. You don't want to hire yes people. You want to hire for where you're weak because as a whole, that makes your team stronger. That's right. That's right. Those are some awesome wisdom nuggets right there, guys. Uh, saves you a lot of heartache, time, wasted money, all kinds of stuff. Don't even get me go there. Um, so if people are interested in hiring your firm, um, do you work with people outside of Texas or do they only okay. 
You do? No. And everything we do is, for the most part, especially, of course, today's world, um, virtual. I mean, we do have some on-site clients, but we, uh, we have been mostly virtual bookkeeping for quite some time. Um, one of the key things that I would say is if you're looking for a bookkeeping firm, you need to make sure that they are doing what you need them to do and you're not fitting into their box. They're fitting okay. into yours. Yeah. Um, so if you're interested in getting a hold of us, uh, Better Bookkeepers uh, Inc. And so the website's BBK hyphen. For those of you that don't know, that is a dash, not an underscore. Um, <laughs> tx.com yeah. and uh, my email is mbush at bbk-tx.com that you could reach out to me um, but the phone number uh, elizabeth is our wonderful office manager sam is a wonderful administrative assistant there phone number to reach them is 832-299-6712 but no we deal with people we've had clients all over the country in the past yeah. we have a bookkeeper actually that lives in uh, Pennsylvania that used to live here in uh, Texas and moved love up it. there to be closer to family. So we love can do business anywhere. Oh, love it. Love it. Love it. Well, Melanie, if you could just take the last minute or so just to pray for our audience, to pay for those who are listening and whatever God puts in your heart, and then we'll go ahead and end our show. I love that. Please join me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for laying this on Edna's heart. Um, Lord, I've just loved watching her um, grow and watching her faith. And uh, I know that we haven't gotten to have that one-on-one -on -one time as much anymore. But uh, Father, watching you bless her life with this wonderful man and with the business and this this podcast, Lord, I pray that anyone who is watching or listening to this, that they will see your hand on this woman and seek her out for wisdom, but also, Lord, that they would focus on where you're telling them to go. Um, each one of us needs your guidance in our life daily, hourly, <laughs> minute by minute. And I know that as uh, women in business in particular, we, we so often are harder on ourselves then you would ever be on us. And so I pray that we truly seek your face and seek your grace yes. for ourselves, but also for those that we come in contact with. Lord, I pray for our nation. I pray for our communities uh, right now in particular amidst this uh, COVID crisis that you will continue to draw us closer to you like you did after 9-11 and that you will um, really truly bring this nation back to our knees mm -hmm. and seeking you in our business lives, in our personal lives, in our government. And I pray that you uh, bless those in positions of authorities that are making decisions about closing businesses and staying open, that uh, our businesses that are hurting over these last six months mm -hmm. will just come back stronger than ever and blessed by you. Yes. In your Amen. Amen. Well, Melanie, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you for sharing your heart, your testimony, and the many things, and even tips for me, <laughs> being a mother. But, you know, for you, those of you guys who tuned in, thank you again for joining us. You know, tune in for another episode of the Entrepreneur Podcast, where we highlight men and women of God who have the heart of the Father and doing business and life God's way. Until next time, we'll see you guys again and keep shining. Take care. Thank you again. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for joining us this week on Estrepreneur. Make sure to visit our website, favorandwealth.com, for more information on our services. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help me out too. Also, check out my book, The Ugly Side of Sales, available on Amazon, where I share seven of my secrets on how to win and grow business the right way. Until next time, keep shining. Keep shining.